It's dismissed. Go ye. Back there with Miss Julia. The rest of us grab our Bibles. Psalms 107. Psalms chapter 107. We're going to try to go through the entire chapter tonight. All 43 verses. It works together. And so, as, as we read the text, you'll notice that several times throughout the text, such as verse 8, there's a verse that says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And as, as we get started tonight, I'm going to read through the whole chapter. And every time we come to one of those verses where it has that phrase, Oh, that men would praise the Lord, I'd like us all to read it together. So when we come up to that, I'd like everybody to read us together. So Psalms 107 and verse number 1, I will begin reading. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city of habitation. All together now. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God, and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore He brought them down... Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. They cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands asunder altogether. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions altogether. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. And for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare His works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships. That do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth. And raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the ways thereof. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. 
They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So He bringeth them unto their desired haven altogether. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there He maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes, and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet, He setteth the poor on high from affliction, and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you tonight. and We need your help tonight, Lord, to understand your word. And just pray that it would be clear and that I, w- I would say what you would have me to say and we could... Um, know more about you tonight because of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Tonight, with the Lord's help, we're going to preach on the subject of the goodness and mercy of God. The goodness and mercy of God, which is an inexhaustible subject. We could go on and on about that. But from this text, we're going to try to consider what the psalmist is trying to say here. Your perspective on a situation will dictate your response to that situation. How you view whatever is going on is going to determine how you respond to said situation. How many people are willing to damage, totally destroy their bodies so they can hold up a trophy for just a couple minutes? You You look at the professional athletes who once they retire 10 years down the road... They can't move hardly without a wheelchair, many of them. They have completely wrecked their bodies so they can hold up a trophy. But they're willing to do that because in their perspective, that's worth it for the money they make or whatever. Or other people stop living life at all because their perspective of life is this is not worth it. This brings to mind a story about when I traveled on Witness. I have many stories. Us guys decided that we were going to do everything crazy we could because it would make great sermon illustrations. So, a couple of them have come out. Well, we were in El Paso, Texas, right there on the Mexican border, and we had been doing some um, sightseeing or going around town. And the, um, the assistant pastor we were with, Brother J.J. Lusk, he's now in Maryland planning a church. He took us guys and said, we're going to go hiking tomorrow. I'm like, hiking in El Paso, there's 
you know, I've gone hiking in Colorado, hiking in El Paso. Well, there's one mountain called Transistor Mountain where they have all the radio towers. It's the highest part in the area. Then they put all the radio towers, all the antennas up there. And he said, we're going to hike up this mountain. So all of us guys get together early in the morning before the heat comes up. And we have our Gatorades and we have all of this. And we're all psyched out for this hike. And he drives us into the canyon. And we get to the bottom of it. And it just, the trail goes right up. There's not really a trail. It's just rocks. You're almost boulder jumping. And he said, if you guys can make it past the second cave, you'll make it all the way. Because the first, the, really the hardest part of the hike was up the, um, that first part. There was a cave. You hiked maybe half a mile. And then there was a cave. And then you had to go up a steeper part. And there was a second cave. And what none of us knew was when you hiked the rest of the way up the ridge to that, just past that second cave, probably a quarter of a mile past that second cave, you reached the first ridge. The whole time you've been hiking up, there was no breeze because the, the mountain the, was blocking it. So you're just climbing up these rocks and it's southern Texas in the middle of summer. And this, even though it's 7 o'clock in the morning, it's already about 80 degrees. And the heat is just building and the heat is building and you're like, where are we going? We're just climbing this. Well, there was five guys in the group and then the, um, then the assistant pastor who was taking us. So we're hiking and we're hiking and we're climbing and we're jumping. And two of the guys in the group said, you know what? Why are we doing this? They were a little bit out of shape and they just, they said, this isn't worth it. The perspective, their perspective on it was, you know what? It really doesn't matter. I'm just going to go back to the van and I'm going to sit there while the rest of the guys. Well, if they had just, if their perspective had been a little bit different and they just hung on, once you got to that ridge... You could see for miles, because Texas is very flat. And the breeze started coming over that ridge. And suddenly you felt like you could hike the rest of the way. And we got to the top. Those are the guys who made it to the top. You could, from the top of that mountain, you could see Mexico, Texas, and New Mexico. And if you looked, it was you could see the New Mexico border over here. You could see all of Texas laying out. Because... It's so flat, everything else is just flat around you. You look behind you, you can see Mexico. It was beautiful. It really was, for Texas anyways. But um, it, was, it was really a cool hike to get up there, to feel the breeze, to realize you'd climbed it. But there was other guys because they said, you know what, this really isn't worth it. Our, our perspective is, we're just going to do, okay, we didn't make it. There's other guys who haven't made it. We're okay. But you know your perspective of how you view God is going to determine how you worship God. How, how you approach God and how you think about God is going to have a great impact on how you worship God. It's going to have a great impact on the praise and how you view God. And in this psalm, the psalmist is commanding them, and the first verse is an imperative. He says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord... For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Doing a little bit of background study on this psalm, it is believed this psalm was written about the time the first Jewish people came back from the Babylonian captivity. 
They'd been in the Babylonian for at least 70 years. And these was the first groups coming back. It must have been a time of great rejoicing. They were saying, yes, we're going back to the promised land. But it was also a time of great trial, great hardship. Because they weren't traveling back with all kinds of blessings. All kinds of monetary. They were pioneers going back. They got back to the land and the city was choked with rubble and the gates had been burned with fire. Remember reading from Nehemiah and Ezra. Just even over a hundred years later, the devastation that was still in the land. And these were the first people going back. Then also they got back to the land and other people have begun to dwell in the land. This is where we first come in contact with the Samaritans. People who are half Jewish and half Gentile and were worshipping what they knew not. There was all kinds of worship mixed in. And they weren't really favorable to this band of Jewish people who were coming into the land. Things were looking up because they were coming back to the land. But they were going to experience some great hardships before they were able to build the temple again. Before even the walls of the city were built again and they had some protection. And they needed some perspective. They needed to remember what God had done in their lives. In the midst of all these circumstances, they are commanded to praise the Lord for His goodness and mercy. They needed to remember that God is good and they needed to remember that God's mercy endureth forever. So the psalmist, as he's writing, he starts off with the command. He says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, because His mercy, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Excuse me. He begins with this command. And they're like, yes, I know. I know we should worship God. I know we should praise. The, um, oh, give thanks unto the Lord has the idea of confessing of proclaiming the greatness of God. He's, like, I, the, he's commanding them, you need to take time and stop and just praise God because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever. And then what He does is He begins to remind them of some of the things that God has done in their past. He begins to remind them, this is why You can praise the Lord. This is why you can remember that God is good. This is why you can remember His mercy endureth forever. He reminds them in verse number 2. It's divided up into some sections. We're going to go through each section individually. Then we're going to come to the end and try to tie it all together. It says, verse number 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south, they wandered in the wilderness. In a solitary way, they found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses and led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city of habitation. The psalmist is reminding him, he, God has gathered you. You've been scattered. In the Babylonian captivity, many of them, some of them tried to flee to Egypt. Most of them were taken to the Babylonian, that area, and moved around. He's saying, God has taken you and brought you back. Even though on the way back to the land of Canaan, back to the promised land, it wasn't a fun time. You were a wilderness. You found no city to dwell in. You were hungry and thirsty. Your soul fainted 
in them. It has the idea of they were just beginning to lose hope. It was they were going down. They were hungry and thirsty. They were wandering. I remember, how many of you have ever been lost as a little kid? Maybe you were lost even in just the supermarket. You got separated from mom. And you were wandering around. And the more you wandered, the more frantic you came. Well, this is talking about the people of God had been wandering in the wilderness. They didn't know where they were going. And not only in, in a supermarket with your parents, you're probably only lost for 10, 15 minutes. There's, they're wandering in a desert. They're hungry. They're thirsty. It's real trials coming upon them. They're in real trouble. And then they cry unto the Lord. And He delivered them out of their distress. You know, this could also be referring to the time, reminding of the time when they wandered in the wilderness in their past history. When they wandered in the wilderness before they came over the Jordan River into the Promised Land initially. And how they wandered. And yet, when they cried unto the Lord, God provided for them. And God provided for them again and again. And the psalmist is telling them, Hey, in verse number 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Same word as, oh, give thanks. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men, for He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul. I'm sorry. Filleth the hungry soul with goodness. And He's reminding this, these people, these Jew, this Jewish people, group of people that had come back, that they should praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works because He had rescued their hungry and thirsty souls when they cried unto the Lord. Then, he begins to go on. He goes on to a second one. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction, in iron. Why were they bound? Because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. The reason that the Jewish people were in Babylon in the first place, He's reminding them, is many of these people may have been in prison. Some of them would have been just like there was Daniel who was living in the palace of the king. Some of them were just brought in and living in the land of Babylon. But the psalmist reminds them the reason why they were bound was because they had rebelled against the words of God and condemned. That word means they had spurned. They had despised what God had told them. God had told them, if you do not obey my law, if you do not do the things that are in this covenant, you will be removed from the land. What did the nation of Israel do? They rebelled against God. They bowed their neck. They had a stiff neck. They said, no, we're going to do what we want to do. We know what your prophets have said, but we're going to do what we want to do. And God said, all right. And they were taken in captivity in bands of iron into the land of Babylon. And then they cried unto the Lord. The Bible says here, look at this. In verse number 12, excuse me. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor 
they fell down and there was none to help. It has the idea of they stumbled. They were falling down because of the weight of the affliction that was on them because of their sin. But how many times have we bound ourselves with our rebellious decisions? With when God has given us a command, He said, I want you to do this. And we said, no, I want our way. I, want, I mean, I want my way, God. I know what your word says, but I want my way. And if we will not humble ourselves to God in obedience, and we begin to become stiff-necked, God has a way of humbling us, doesn't He? When we become rebellious against God, God has a way of bringing us down. But, even when we have rebelled against God, even when it is our fault that we are in the predicament that we are in, is what the psalmist is saying here, they cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard them. Even though they were in bondage because of their rebellion against God, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. The idea of saved means that He he saved them. But it also has this, he grabbed them. He took them. He, the clutches of the distress were on them. It just felt like they were in bondage. God took it. He ripped those bands apart and he brought them out. How many have been saved tonight? That's what God did for your soul when you were saved. You were in bondage and there was nothing you could do about it. But when you cried unto the Lord, God had removed you from the bonds of this world. Their decisions had brought them low and God had to humble them and bring them to a hopeless situation. Yet, even though it was their fault they were prisoners, when they cried unto the Lord, He heard them. God is listening for their cry here. God, Even we look at the Bible, we can see just the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Even in the Old Testament, when King Manasseh, one of the most wicked kings ever to reign over the nation of Israel... The Bible says he was taken captive and in prison. And in prison he prayed. And God heard even wicked King Manasseh. What mercy God has. What greatness of God. The psalmist is reminding them that much of their suffering is due to their decisions. But they are back in the land now. Because they cried unto God and God heard them. They've come in back. And he says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Listen to this. For He hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron asunder. The gates of brass, that's what Babylon had, was gates after hundreds, over a hundred gates of brass around the city. And he's saying, God has opened the doors and let us out. We are going back to the land of promise. We should praise the Lord for that. And then he says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. I know in my life, oftentimes the trouble I face is because of my own foolish decisions. Because of my own transgressions, my own iniquities. Yet, even that, even our foolish decisions that we make, they will bring us to the point to where we must cry unto God. And God is willing to hear us if we cry unto Him. Remember what the psalmist is saying. The point here is, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. 
for His mercy endureth forever. And He's reminding these people, you were wandering in the wilderness. You were hungry. You were thirsty. You had lost your way. And you cried unto God, and He brought you on the right way. He filled your longing soul and your hungry soul. There were those of you that were bound because of your rebellion against God. Yet, even in your rebellion against God, you prayed to God and you cried unto God. Even as you were low in your heart, you were bowed with the labor you were under. When you cried unto God, God delivered you from those distresses. How about those who made just foolish decisions? It says, fools because of their transgression, their rebellion, and because of their iniquities are afflicted. They're brought into suffering. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them. Look, listen to this. Verse number 20. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them out of their destruction. Out of their destructions, distresses, excuse me. No, it is destructions. I'm sorry, I'm looking at three different things at the same time. Delivered them out of their destructions. These people who had, because of their, deci- their foolish decisions, had put themselves under distresses, were delivered by God. And when we cry unto God, He sent His Word. He sent His prophets unto them. Even in Babylon... God had His prophets speaking to them. And when they were there because of His foolish decisions, and they cried unto God, God sent His Word and said, this is what I want you to do. And when they obeyed His Word, that is what healed them. He sent His Word and He healed them and delivered. It was their obedience to God's Word that began to bring them out of the trouble they were in. Then He says again, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works, to the children of men. And this, is, this is how men should praise the Lord. And let them sacrifices, sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing because of the wonderful works that God has done, because of His goodness. There should be sacrifices of thanksgiving and rejoicing. And then he goes into, he says, the psalmist, The psalmist is telling them, he says, they should praise and exalt the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works because He controls even nature. Not only can He rescue this people, but He controls even nature. Look at this. It says, they don't go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind. And lifteth up the ways thereof. They mount up to heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and at, are at their wit's end. When it says they're at their wit's end, their wisdom is done. Everything they know to do to defeat this storm has been exhausted. They have tried every trick they know and they are still going to sink. And they cry unto the Lord. The same God who brought up the waves and brought them down. I am thankful I have never been in a big ocean storm. I am very thankful 
When I was a little kid, I got very, very carsick. I don't even want to think about what would happen if I got on an ocean liner where it's talking about they're going up to the heavens and going down. I get seasick just watching a movie with the ship going up and down like that. And they're in this ship and they're going up. It says they stagger to and fro like a drunken man. Everything they've tried hasn't worked. They're at their wit's end. Their wisdom is gone. And the sea is still going up and still going down and still going up and still going down. And it's being tossed side to side. Yet, when they call on God, He is the one. He controls the sea. He is the one who brought the storm. He is the one who can calm the storm. And He brings them to their desired haven. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then, they are, then are they glad, because they be quiet. The waves are quiet. So He bringeth them to their desired haven. How many times in the Gospels did Jesus calm the storm? But often the storm was to get the, the disciples' attention. To make them remember the power of God. And oftentimes, God has to do that in our lives. Whether spiritually or emotionally, we sometimes have to go through storms. Sometimes, and we're, we're at our wit's end. We're, we're at the end of our wisdom. I don't know how many times at Union Baptist we were up on the scaffolding, or we were just standing on the ground staring at something, and we just began to pray because we're like, we don't have a clue where to go from here. And we prayed, and then God, like, alright, let's call the engineer. And the engineer would give us something to do and we would do it. Or we would call our friend Eddie and he would give us something who is a consultant engineer. He knows a lot of things. We were at our wit's end and we would pray and talk to God who alone is in control of what is going on. And then the psalmist reminds them that God controls not only nature but also the affairs of men. And they should praise the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works because of His sovereign control. And he begins, begins to go through, in, the last, in verses 33 to verses 42, he begins to go through how God will always judge wickedness in a land. A land can be fruitful. Everything is going great, it seems, but there's wickedness in a land. And God can shut off the blessings. But where God sees people living for Him in righteousness, God extends His blessing. He can make a, what, a place that is just flowing with water and beautiful, kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah, with the wickedness, the Dead Sea today. And God can take a place when He's doing with, dealing with His people who love Him, that is desert. And the psalmist says here, He will make it a standing water. So now things can begin to grow and people can begin to flourish. They could build a city, plant crops, and flourish. And here's the result of that. The right, verse number 42. The righteous shall see it and rejoice. When, they, when you see the power of God and how God works and protects His people... And God provides for His people. All we can say is, praise the Lord and rejoice. And those who are rebelling against God and have iniquity, when they see what God is doing, their mouth is shut. That's what the passage says. 
and shut, stop the mouth of iniquity. They can't say anything because God is in control and doing what He needs to do. And this is where the psalmist is going. He says, Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. What he's saying, when you stop and you begin to look and remember what God has done in your life, where God, how God has rescued you, and when you've cried on Him, He's rescued you, and when even when it's been your foolish decisions that have put you in that place of suffering, when you turned and repented and cried unto God, and He rescued you, and brought you out, or how God controls nature, or God how God controls the affairs of men. When you look at that and stop, you can begin to see and understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You see, the psalmist is trying to say to these Jewish remnant that's coming back, that's beginning to live in the land again, they want to serve God again. He's saying, if you are truly going to worship God for His goodness, if you're going to truly worship God because His mercy endureth forever, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to understand that. And He wanted them to understand that. He wanted them to understand how good God was. He wanted them to truly praise the Lord because His mercy endureth forever. So what He did was He made them take the time to understand the mercy of God by observing God's working in their lives. They had to go back and begin to remember how God was working in their lives. And then they could begin to see how good and how merciful God was. That is, that even though they had been taken to Babylon because of their sin, when they cried unto God, He brought them out. Now, there was a certain time they had to stay there. There was consequences for their sin. But God still heard their prayers. And He brought them back. Because God is good and God is merciful. And often we can forget what God has already done in our lives. We can, there's testimony given tonight about how we get an answer to prayer and we can move on to the next thing. It's wonderful to have prayer answered. But we need and are commanded to praise God for His goodness And because His mercy endureth forever. And if we're going to understand that, it's important that we stop and remember what God has done in our lives. If you are saved tonight, it's because He has rescued you. He has delivered you from prison and from our rebellion against God. And how many times, even when we have been saved, because of our foolish decisions, we have put ourselves in places where we are in bondage. Yet, Even because of our foolish decisions, we are there. When we stop and repent and we turn to God, God will hear us. God will rescue us and bring us out of those situations. Or remember the times, just as we're living life, and life's trials come upon you, and we're at our wit's end. I don't know what to do, God. And we pray to God. And God can deliver us from those situations.
We need to praise the Lord because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever. But when we look at what all when we look at what God has done, we will truly remember how good God is. We need to praise the Lord for all He has done because He is good. Because His mercy endureth forever. Some of you today may be in a storm right now. Maybe in a spiritual storm. You feel like you're at your wit's end. We can call on the master of the wind. We can call on the one who is in control of nature. Or you may be in a situation where you're like, we look at our country around us even, and the situation, but we have to remember that God is still in control, that God controls the affairs of man. That's the theme of the book of Daniel, which is going on, that God, the Most High, ruleth in heaven, and He cares and ruleth in the affairs of men. We can call on the Lord. And what we need to do is get our perspective straight. If we are going to come to church and truly praise the Lord, if we are going to go to work tomorrow and be able to rejoice because God is good and because His mercy endureth forever, which is an unchanging fact, that never changes the fact that God is good and that His mercy endureth forever. That is just what it is. That's truth. God is good. He's always good. God's mercy endureth forever. It doesn't stop. But if we're going to truly worship the Lord, if we're going to truly give thanks unto the Lord like we should, oftentimes, we need to stop, go back, and begin to remember what God has done in our lives. And we can see the mercy of God in different areas of our life. How He worked out this situation when we had no wisdom on what to do. We prayed to God and God took care of it. Or because even as we got saved, it wasn't us. We were in bondage to sin and we prayed to God and God delivered us out of it. We need to remember the mercy of God. The goodness of God in that. And then when we come to the house of God... We need to stand and worship God. Give thanks to God and praise the Lord because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever. And we can see that when we look at everything God has done in our lives. We can praise the Lord for all He has done. We can truly praise the Lord for His goodness and His mercy when we take time to understand the mercy of God by observing God's working in our lives. I'd encourage you. Take some time. Sometime this week. Get out a notebook. and Just begin to write down some of the things God has done in your life. Keep a journal. Just write things. And look back and remember how good God is. And how good God has been and the fact that God doesn't change, you can know God is going to be good in the future. The fact that His Word, when our foolish decisions bring us to a point of despair, we can come to church and hear the preacher open up God's Word. And that is what will heal us. That is what will bring us back to where we need to be. When we listen to His Word, listen to the, what the prophet of God has to say. 
We can listen to God. We need to give thanks to God because He is good. Because His mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord for all He has done. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank You for tonight. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for how good You are, Lord. We just pray that as we go tonight, Lord, that we would stop and we would remember what You have done in our lives. And we would give thanks and we would praise You for Your wondrous works, for Your goodness, and Your wonderful works to the children of men. Just take a moment. If you need to come forward and pray or just pray in your seats, we'll just take a moment.